the future of photography. Hello and welcome. This is the future of photography where we explore the ways new technology can help you make fantastic photos. My name is Chris and uh, where are you, my friend? <laughs> Hi, my name is Aid. Looking forward to talking about uh, all sorts of interesting stuff this week. Yeah, today, today, uh, an observation by Adam Savage. I, this was something I found on the webs, on the in my podcast player. But uh, before we do that, I'd like to uh, just bring up a couple of little housekeeping things. Uh, first of all, Robert wrote in. Uh, about episode five, flat lenses. Um, he 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 wrote that his wife had a cataract replaced with what's called a symphony, which is a special kind of lens that's supposed to give her twenty twenty vision from from reading too far. Which I, I have no idea how this would work in an artificial lens, but um, but interestingly enough, that uh, she she had a problem with it because she got what she called a digital effect when she turned her head so um he said he says that the digital effect is the result of a fresnel lens that they are using to get a better range of vision um so some fresnel technology that we talked about in the flat lenses uh seems to be in there <laughs> he, he closes his email with the 60 million dollar man is still a ways off it appears <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I mean, apart from, yeah, that's obviously a very unfortunate circumstance uh, for Robert's wife. Um, I didn't realise they were using Fresnel lenses in that now. I, I know a tiny bit about this um, uh, because my father has actually had both the lenses in his eyes replaced. Um, he's in his 70s um, and he was getting to the point where he might in a couple of years have to have cataract operations and things like that. Um, but uh, about... A year and a half ago now, maybe, he had the lenses in his eyes replaced. And for the first time in over 60 years, he doesn't have to wear glasses. Awesome. It, it, so, it is. He's, it's, it's, in, some ways it's, in some ways, it's no, no different at all. But in some ways, it's actually changed his life. So. That's, 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 yeah. And, and I think especially for, uh, for contacts um, or stuff that you put in the eye, uh, I think the flatter you can make them, the better it probably is. So, yeah, um, I mean, I, I wear contact lenses um, and have done for well over twenty years. Um, and certainly, as the technology improves as, uh, uh, over those decades, um, the lenses are a lot easier to wear now than they were when I, you know, when I first started wearing them. So, uh, yeah, probably also higher refracting materials that they can use now. Um, then for episode three, we got feedback by Mark, and that was the episode on computational zoom. Um, and he he's he, he talked about well, <laughs> it was it was pretty much I think a bit of a response to us being all over the iPhones and doing stuff there. And he, he has a, he has a Google Pixel XL, which came out um, a short while ago. Uh, so he, he writes in episode three, you talked a lot about Apple products and said to present other options if we had any thoughts. I have an iPhone. Uh, but just acquired a new Google Pixel 2 XL. Um, and what they do is interesting because it has only one lens. It doesn't have a double camera. Um, so it relies even more on computational photography because it also offers a portrait mode. So 
I don't really know how they do this with one lens, but uh, it's probably a lot of AI going in there. There is. Um, it's, it's, it works with the sensor as well, actually. So, so uh, I haven't had a chance to play with one of these, although I would like to. Um, uh, the <clears throat> the way that Google have approached this from an engineering point of view, as I understand it, is that uh, they they take the read off the sensor. Uh, so only one lens, one sensor, but they they do something with the the different the distance between pixels on the sensor, mm-hmm. and even though the distance between pixels is minute, it gives them just enough of a margin to calculate depth. Which, if you think about how small those sensors are in mobile phones, well, it, uh, in this case, it doesn't really I think depend on the size of the sensor, but more on the size of the optics because the, you you can look at stuff that comes into the left side of the lens and the right side of the lens and very it's it's amazingly interesting so um he also wrote about that the phone has a co-processor that is dedicated entirely to the camera um which i think the iphones do as well but not too sure about that um and and another thing that's uh, that they apparently do now is uh content recognition so he writes uh, that reviewers say it'll do things like if you take a photo of a can of Coca-Cola, the phone will recognize it as a can of Coke and adjust the color of the photo because it'll know what color the Coke can should be. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, isn't it, really? Well, is it? But then if, you, if you're if you an artist and you do a work of art that uses pink Coke cans for some reason, and those will all be color corrected when you take a photo of them, I, I can see some side effects here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 so fair point. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Cause they, they, yes. I, my brain, my brain is almost, almost immediately, um, jumped to the business consequences of that of and how Coca- <laughs> and how that's what my brain does and how coca-cola would then end up sponsoring google to to make pepsi cans go some sort of dirty brown color or something. <laughs> that oh, oh that, that's 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 a third level down for net neutrality you know that's wow <laughs> we're getting into some really murky waters here uh, yeah sorry dirty tricks campaigns there we go um more of an american election kind of thing than anything else isn't it but <sighs> Oh, and and then I have a big thank you to everyone who's listening to this show because it, um, you know, it, new podcasts. I usually don't look at the ratings or the rankings on the like the iTunes Store, for example. But I, of course, I couldn't help see if if someone was actually listening to this. And uh, uh, the way iTunes works, it ranks shows and and it it kind of weighs it towards shows that get a lot of new signups in a short time. And uh, that pushed us up to rank number 12 in the UK iTunes store in the tech news category in early December. Yay! So, um, yeah, ranking 12 in the tech news category, which is is, brilliant. It's amazing. I would never have thought that this would be possible with a tiny little show like ours. But, hey, it's, yeah. Yes, so thank you, everybody. It's pretty awesome. And the other thank you is for everyone who left a rating or a review on, especially on iTunes, because that's kind of the most important place where you find podcasts, and that's where others find podcasts. And um, there's 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 even some feedback on there already with um, most people uh, liking the show, which is very cool. Uh, one, <laughs> I want to read one feedback because. I don't know. We, we have to discuss this here. I, okay. Uh, a user writes, I like the show topics and the host, but 
I had to write this review to ask Chris to please stop cutting off his co-host. One episode, his co-host started to talk about the Lumisphere and Chris cut him off and I never got to hear the story. Another time, the co-host was telling a story of his friend that started taking photos because of a driving game. Chris cut him off again and we never got to hear the rest of the story. Please let him finish his thoughts. Other than that, I like the show. So, <laughs> do, you, do you feel cut off? Uh, do you know what? <clears throat> You and I it's okay. met you for the first yes, time. Okay. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't actually. No, what I was going to say is that you, you and I met for the first time and started talking for the first time, probably less than three months ago. And at the time we recorded those first few shows, we'd only known each other about a week and a half. Yes. Um, so I, hopefully, uh, you know. Uh, our, our relationship and the balance of our voices has evened out a little bit. Hope, hopefully, we in the last few shows we haven't all been about Apple products either. So. <laughs> and and to, 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 to the last review that said, please can we move to a proper studio? Hopefully, that's now acknowledged as well because uh, those first few shows were recorded mostly in a cafe in Kathmandu, weren't yes. they? So. <laughs> Well, it's, it's podcast, right? It's it's a podcast. It's uh, it should it should get a bit of at least a bit of uh, leeway in the beginning, and we're, we're I won't let, I, I I won't let you um, uh, override me. Um, I, I'm actually quite <laughs> quite tickled in a way because because usually it's the other way around. I'm the one that gets accused of talking too much, so. <laughs> So it feels a bit weird to be, uh, you know, the the victim that's having support from the listeners on this one. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I feel bad, and I'll try. I try to do my best to not to not talk over you too much. I suspect we'll be fine. <laughs> I think so too. Um, then there is the robot naming update. Um, so it's still on. This is um, this episode is for the twentieth of December, and uh, uh, we have this open. Up until the twenty fourth, so on the twenty fourth, we'll close the the submission form, and then we will go over uh, the names and do some some. We'll divine a, win a winner or two or three for t shirts, and we will uh, we'll get back to to you on that early in the year. That'd be great. Yes. So you still have four days. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, you still got four days to propose names for our robot. And the link to that robot naming form is in the show notes all right um that was it on with, with the, the show with the housekeeping on with the show i have found something okay so i listened to a whole bunch of podcasts and uh one of the ones i listened to is called still untitled the adam savage project now you know adam savage the Mythbuster. You've yes absolutely uh, but, right. but way more than just that i mean I, i know him i guess originally from the show Mythbusters. But I'm aware that he has a, a very varied and uh, interesting background, having worked in special effects in the movies for many years and all sorts of stuff, including some Star Trek movies and things. So he's 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 a he's a model maker. He's a maker, and he helps uh, further the ma the maker culture together with uh, his his friends Norman Will, and they have this Tested.com network, and they make. Can I just interrupt a second? Sorry. Sure, go ahead. I need to ask you a question. Did you mean to say Star Trek? Oh, yes. <laughs> Or did you mean to say Star Wars? <laughs> no, you're right. Okay, so I'm, so I'm figuring this right. So we've got some great... We, yeah, we've just been talking about all the people that are thankfully signed up to listen to our oh, new show. We lost uh, half, of the, half of the listeners at this I point. I think we might have done. I think we might have done. <laughs> 
It's okay. Um, I'm I'm not a Trekkie. Star Wars, Star Trek. <laughs> it starts with stars, right? No, don't don't write us. Don't write us. Um, it it's okay. Adam, he probably had his hands in there as well somehow. I'm not sure. But and anyway, they do this podcast um, where they just talk about stuff that happened to them, and around this this whole tested.com thing. Um, Adam also, uh, does tours, live performances where they talk about science and they show experiments and stuff. And he's just, uh, he's just on a tour at this point called Brain Candy, Brain Candy Life together with Michael Stevens. He, uh, if you, if you, if you watch YouTube and you watched Vsauce, uh, oh, yeah. Vsauce that is, is, that Vsauce is, Michael is fantastic. Stevens. Yeah. That is Michael he- Stevens. He explains stuff in a really amazing way. And they, they are on their U.S. winter tour. And uh, Adam had an observation about photography on the latest stop of the tour. And I'm just going to play that uh, just a little bit out of that podcast. And then let's discuss what that might mean. So let me start it right here. I have been waiting to bring something up with <coughs> you guys just to get a little more data. Uh-oh. Um, no, this is a cool observation. Oh, I have been touring. I've been touring with a stage show around the country since 2012 with many different versions of different stage shows. But for the most part, similar size audiences between two and three thousand people every night. I do meet and greets used to be for 50 people. Now it's for over 100 people every night. And the meet and greet is one of my favorite parts of the evening. Uh, The interaction with fans is great. We take photos with everybody. And as you can imagine, uh, pretty much. For the entire time, since 2012, the primary uh, photo uh, machine is this. It's everybody's phone. You know, there is the odd NES controller or whatever game boy actually has a camera built into it and the odd shoe and whatever. And DSLRs, yeah, and DSLRs (laughs) maybe showed up once per meet and greet. You know, one geeky guy who had to take his DSLR out. And, like, I totally respect that. I'm that guy. But on this tour, for the first – and this wasn't on the spring tour with Michael Stevens. But on this tour, I'm here to tell you 30% of the cameras in every meet and greet are actual digital cameras, not phones. Like point and shoots or DSLRs? Point and shoots, little point and shoots, Polaroids, DSLRs, the whole gamut – one third of the cameras taking photos at meet and greets now are real cameras, and I have no explanation for it. Well, one of my daughter's huh. friends has like a little. It's like the, that pocket snap Polaroid that makes the little wallet size Polaroids, and like she takes that everywhere. She's super into it, and like to her, a photo that you can have a thing out of immediately after is super, super fascinating. And the kids get a huge kick out of it. They're like, "This is the coolest thing in the world." You don't have to have it. I don't have to have mom's phone to see this. Yeah, I, it's totally amazing to me. I, I, this is, it feels like I'm witnessing the ground level of some interesting cultural moment. And I don't know whether it's that everyone's sliding back towards analog. Um, the fact is, is that of a standard kind of mid-level point-and-shoot, this camera is as good. Uh, so I don't know why. I mean, maybe people are holding on to older phones for longer, and the photo quality of those is annoying them. So they're mm-hmm. investing a hundred and fifty bucks in a little point and shoot. Uh, I mean, it could be that they want four K video, and the phones aren't aren't super great at that yet. Maybe I don't know. That's really interesting. 
Question: Do you have the? Are they using flash or no flash? Uh, that depends. Every meet and greet is, uh, you know, we're always at the mercy of the venue and what the place they have to take photos. For the most part, it's bright enough, so it's not that they're specifically bringing uh, a flash to the equation or low light or looking for a DSLR with low light capabilities. Huh. I, I wonder if it's a, a venue yeah, isn't type that policy. Yeah, that is. Because it's no, not an easy thing not. to bring a big camera. Oh. Well, Adam's team probably decides what, what cameras they can bring in. Right? Yeah, we actually tell people to bring cameras to the meet and greet. But we've our announcement about the meet and greet requirements has not changed. Huh. Hmm. Huh. That's, that's fascinating. That's really interesting. I'm, I'm like – so for a while, I carried that uh, NEX uh, R3. I can't remember what it is, but the R5. The we had the same mirrorless for a while. Norm had had one of them as well, and like I've carried that around off and on for five years now, and it's been a fa- fabulous camera. But and I guess if I were coming to your show, that would like I bring it out for special occasions. So we went to Color Factory. I took the the good camera. We went to the Museum of Ice Cream. We went to the zoo for lights or Halloween or whatever. Took the good camera. I, yeah, it's interesting. It's I, interesting I've actually observation. I've just done the opposite switch, where for the past couple of years I've only wanted to carry a DSLR, and recently with the new iPhone 10 and being able to shoot raw photos on that with a third-party app, it's been completely satisfactory, and I've been 100. I don't feel like I'm missing out on the quality of images. All right, that was from Still Untitled, The Atom Savage Project. Isn't that interesting that the... So, so, so between spring 2017 and this winter tour, which is just half a year in between, all of a sudden 30% of people bring, in quotes, better cameras during those meet and greets. Yeah, there's the, the, a lot, uh, a lot of layers in that little audio piece, isn't it? Of so, course, yeah, yeah. Um, the so, it, it's it's a, so, a, a strange thing. It's certainly not something I would have expected to hear because you know uh, these these phones, as as one of the participants said, these phones are getting better and better. And you know, I don't even have a new phone. My phone at this point is two years old, maybe I think. Um, and, uh, but I'm, you know, shooting raw files on it and, um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it, it approximates, um, the, you know, what my, my better cameras can no, do. And, 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 I think, but, and I think that is not the point. Um, the, 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 the quality of the image, I don't think is what is, what is, ma- what matters. They, they do an, ana- an, an analysis, uh, the same setup of those meet and greets, the same request they put out to people. So they're not requesting them to bring better cameras. Um, but still, less smartphones, more, in quotes, big or good cameras, more Instax. That's what I hear. I, he, he called it Polaroids, but uh, the small pocket-sized ones are definitely Instax. So I think he's using Polaroid as a uh, is that where, Okay, so when yeah. I heard that, I interpreted that because, you know, there's those little Polaroid zinc cameras. Oh, that um, might be a possibility too. But I think from what I uh, – just just from other sources of information, Instax is the biggest cash cow for Fuji at this point. So they are – Oh, and they've just launched the – well, uh, the monochrome Instax wide as well. So I'm, getting, I'm really tempted right now to go out and buy an Instax wide camera just so I can shoot that film. <laughs> and they're also getting sued by Polaroid for their square format now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's an unfortunate thing that Polaroid has chosen to do there. 
Um, uh, I know it's a bit sort of David and Goliath, isn't it? But uh, I mean, Fuji could eat them for breakfast, and that would be a real shame at this point after all the work they've done through the Impossible Project. But well, anyway, so so my question is whether this is this is just one observation, but it's a uh, it's a it's a data point, and I see some of that if I if I look around myself on uh, different events, I see more people bringing like an Instax or bringing something better again and, and going away from the phone. So the question that we ask on every episode here, what could this mean for the future of photography? Is it the pendulum swinging the other way again? Away oh. from the phones. <laughs> I, we, we, we have these cycles. I mean, in fashion, the 70s came back in the 90s, you know? Stuff comes back sometimes and the pendulum might swing the other way. Um, and when if you look at that cycle, analog went went uh, mostly went away sometime in the mid to late 90s and now it's uh, mid to late 2010s so it's about 20 years later so from a from a time frame point of view this could be a match okay so let's have a think about that then because uh i'm trying to think whether what what i'm experiencing um you know whether i'm experiencing anything like what we just heard about um i i think well, you do uh, you do a podcast about film photography, so well, I do a podcast. Yes, um, so we talk a lot about that on, upon the the rise of uh, of, of film photography, um, uh, and that's um, I mean that clearly is in resurgence. I mean, twenty seventeen has been an enormously positive year for film photography. But then um, the, the smartphones have only been around for ten years at this point. The, what we what we now call a smartphone. So um, that yes. would not that would not uh, support that twenty year. 20, 25 year cycle no i mean it's probably at this point what did i i think my first ever digital camera was a uh, a fuji um that that shot uh, i think um had some sort of algorithm that would double the pixels up to four megapixels <laughs> uh-huh. and that might have been in 99 2000 something like that um, I remember um pre smartphones i remember sony used to have really good cameras in their phones for, for, for the time of course uh, from about 2002 2003 onwards sony were doing really well on camera phones um and then of course you know the the, the modern slab type smartphone which sort of appeared around 2007 2008 didn't it mm. so i so in the film photography world you know just uh, as a side aside i mean this is um there is i'm certainly seeing a lot more people now carrying film cameras around than i did four or five years ago uh and of course you know there's a lot of good you know there's a lot of good film point and shoots but of course the the slrs the film slrs were a lot smaller than your modern digital slrs so they're still fairly compact um so there's there's that but in, in digital have i seen i don't think i'm seeing people carry um what i would call a traditional digital point and shoot but there's a lot of action cameras you know the rise of the gopro and 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 all its clones there are a lot of people whose basic mode of shooting right now is 4k video that's true um maybe it also comes from the the general area of the millennials who, who were born from like let's say mid 80s to mid 90s uh somewhat who, who are often digital natives who haven't really had any major brush with with film and analog technologies which we both grew up with so um i guess someone who has had this who hasn't had this experience uh might have some curiosity as to what the what the deal is with it and want want to try it out 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, it's the urban outfitters phenomenon, isn't it? You know, you go in to buy a t shirt and they sell records and film cameras and. <laughs> You know, uh, whether or not you want to call that the hipster movement uh, or whether it's it's larger than that or whether hipster even means the same thing today as it did five years ago. That's that's not the, not the conversation I want to have. Well, I was in New York earlier this year and they were saying, oh, yeah, Williamsburg as well. The hipsters live. But it's changed because yeah. now all the hipsters are pushing babies around in prams. <laughs> Yeah, so change. apparently, apparently, yeah, the Williamsburg you know, area of, of New York City is now getting more and more family oriented because, you know, all of those hipsters have now grown up a bit. Which I, think, I think that's cute. <laughs> but I, I think, it, it, yeah, this this phenomenon about, you know, the cameras. I mean, what does it mean? Well, I think for me, one of the really big technological jumps has been Wi-Fi in cameras. And, and I know you shoot Canon cameras, and I have to say, even Canon, who usually <laughs> who usually handicap their cameras um, so that they can sell more expensive stuff, even Canon are now putting Wi-Fi in their cameras, aren't they? Oh, they have to. They have to. And, yeah, because the market won't buy them any other way. Um... So you could still tweet or Instagram or Snapchat your photo with Adam Savage from the venue in real time yeah, but or near no, time no, no, no. but it's having taken it you cannot for example you cannot tweet it directly from the camera you still have to have a smartphone and so you yeah, but you, would, but you, you can you can do it though because i mean they'll talk natively i mean i have two brands of camera at this point that will talk to apps on my phone i have an olympus a, a, a little olympus tough camera and my main fuji camera that will you know they will both uh, they will both talk to the phone. So you can do it if you wanted, if you were interested in getting better quality photos, you can still get that whole post it on the internet almost instantly thing. Yeah, okay, there's a few steps to go, but it's not hard. Hmm. So in the end, I think I see, I see two developments. Uh, we have uh, on the one side, we have the smartphones who um, who try to get to the quality levels of more dedicated cameras and who are doing a good job at this point. But they are limited in size. The sensors are limited in size. And you see the camera bumps on some of the phones. That's because you have to have a certain size physically uh, to, to get the optical quality. And then there's the dedicated digital cameras who are that are becoming more versatile, like you can swap lenses and the, the form factors get smaller and... They're, but the, and they're not limited to small sensors. And I think that what I see is kind of two trajectories that, that will meet somewhere in the middle. But the question is, where's the sweet spot? So is there one? And for, uh, me, for me, I think there is. I think um, maybe the sweet spot. Because uh, I, I am using, uh, I am using a, a, a good, a high-quality digital camera more often than I was a couple of years ago. And partly I think that's my own natural cycle because sometimes I prefer to shoot film and sometimes I prefer to shoot digital. But even accounting for that, even controlling for that, as a scientist would say, um, I, I'm using it more. And and But it's it's not limiting me anymore. My, cam my digital camera isn't limiting me because I have an Instax printer and I can print directly <laughs> from my digital camera to right. Instax. So I can give somebody a photo at a party. And that's really good fun. And I couldn't have done that a couple of years ago with with a good quality digital camera. That just simply wouldn't have been possible. Uh, and yeah, you know, and I can post things on the internet in real time if I want to. 
it's not something I often do, to be fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's more about me than it is about the technology. But all of those things are possible. So I think some of these, um, you think about things like the, the small Sony cameras now with the one inch sensors. Actually, it's not just Sony, is it? Panasonic have them as well. Um, Olympus, I think, have stuck with the micro four thirds, but some of their newer cameras with micro four thirds sensor in it are tiny. Um, but they're all connected or can be connected. And I think that's a really, yeah, I, I think that's where the sweet spot is for me. And when I look at, when I look for a new camera these days, and I think, okay, what's the next new camera? I want to, yeah, I, hey, I love cameras. I like buying toys. Who doesn't? <laughs> well, at least I'm pretty sure that most people listening to this show would <clears throat> <There's> <laughs> like buying, <laughs> there's a good chance that, that, that a lot of them do a lot of reading about what their next camera is going to be, just like I do. And, you know, and, uh, it's you know when i look i don't look at sensors i look at is there a leaf shutter so i can have flash sync at a four thousandth of a second okay. is is there oh, is there wi-fi is there a uh is you know it, it's all of those peripheral things that make the camera more connected and more more creatively functional rather than how many pixels have i got and you know what's the low light quality like and stuff like that so do we have an answer why Adam Savage observes the 30% increase in better cameras? I don't think we do. <laughs> I don't think we do, but, but it's interesting. Though, it's isn't a very it? interesting one. So, um, yeah, I think let's, let's leave it at that without proper conclusion because we don't have one. But, um, I think the, the, the physicality of, of, of printed photos is definitely something that a lot of, uh, people these days rediscover or discover for the first time after having been digital for all their lives. Maybe that's one of the factors that plays into that. Um, yeah. Some food for thought. What's your thoughts? You can contact us over at thefutureofphotography.com. We'd love to hear from you and incorporate your answers into one of the next episodes. Uh, that's it. Until then, take care, everyone. Okay, cheers. Goodbye. Wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop, stop. We have forgotten <laughs> to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and just... Oh, crap, yes, because that's our... <laughs> Yes. Yes, that so, was our Christmas that was our Christmas show and we didn't refer it. to Christmas at all. <laughs> so, we we wish everyone uh, well, we thank everyone for hanging in there for helping us climb the charts for sub submitting feedback and uh yeah, just happy holidays everyone. Merry Christmas. Yes, however you choose to celebrate them. Um, I am hoping to spend I'm looking forward to spending some time with my family over the holidays. I've also got a bit of a break from work which Given that I had a break from work recently, I can't really say I deserve, but it's going to be good fun. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this is not the last episode this year, so we're not going to wish you a Happy New Year just yet. No, we'll come back with an next show for that. All right, that's it for now. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography, A production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Music